Welcome to this week's episode of the Sullivan and Sons Sports Podcast. I'm Seamus Sullivan. And I'm Mark Sullivan. We're a little bit late on this one. The The Winter Olympics wrapped on Sunday was the closing ceremonies, right? I think the, yes, the 25th correct. of February. Yep. But it was really exciting. We had been talking about them for a couple weeks. The U.S. men's curling team, they they did end up winning gold. Is this a slow sports week that we're starting no, off no, with no. the Olympic it's curling? Just, we might as well. We The, the Americans kind of caught up. I think our final medal count was like 24. We ended... 20-something. 23. Yeah, so there, we right? didn't do as well as we should have. But No, we should win all medal ex- counts. Basically, we should win everything. Norway ended up winning most medals and most medals of each color, like gold, silver, bronze, which I was not happy about because they have, like, what, 5 million people there or something? Yeah, and they must all ski. <laughs> they must. They all go ski. biathlon-ing or whatever and speed skating. But it was cool to see because I guess it's our it's our first gold medal in curling, men or women, and we had won our first ever medal in curling in 2006 at the how do you pronounce it Turin Turin Yeah Turin, Turin. Okay Turin Torino? Olympics they won bronze Torino I don't Torino? remember yeah, yeah. And I don't care um, but it was really cool and the best part I thought was the so I'm not super familiar with curling I kind of brushed up Are on it. Are you even vaguely familiar <laughs> with little, curling? I've actually, I've played curling before. What? Yeah. When did you play curling? Uh, dur- during a hockey tournament when we went up north, one of our activities was we went to a curling place. Must have been in Duluth. It, was, it was even centers. further north than that. It was like in, like up by Greenway. Wow. Yeah, it was really far north. But So they have to teach you the rules? They didn't really... Teach us the rules. I don't know how many rules there are, because uh, sound like watching the watching on the television. There seems like a certain number of rules that are idiosyncratic rules there are to the game. I don't know. They just let us like push, push off and push throw the, throw the thing and the I'll, thing. What is it? <laughs> the stone. Yes, the stone. <laughs> and. Uh, we all had way too much juice on it. We were just rocketing the thing down, like on purpose. Or <laughs> well, I mean, we'd never played it before. It was really fun. Well, though. I know, but you could also get out of hand where you're like, "Oh, this is fun. Let us just <laughs> no, see how fast we can." We'd like launch this it, thing down there. We don't understand it. So the the other guys are scrubbing. They're like, "Don't scrub. It's already going too fast." <laughs> and they're just like scrubbing away. <laughs> but it, it was a lot of fun. It, playing curling was actually pretty fun i've only done it the one time but i'd probably do it again all of this to say that the men they did a great job they won it in so they play ends or whatever it's like shuffleboard and they absolutely crushed them on the one they scored five points which to put that in perspective is the highest point scored at one like one time in any championship i think oh wow and i think the most or any gold medal game and i think the most other than that scored in like a gold medal match i think that includes world championships is like four mm. or something so to score five you usually score maybe one maybe two you do not usually score five at a time and so it's basically over at that point because they play 10 ends as they call it this was the eighth end so the who were we playing? I forget. Uh, Sweden. Sweden. The Swedes basically knew they were going to lose. And the this is the part I liked. It took all of that to get to the part I liked about it. Was the guy did like, he launched a thing and he did like a spinorama thing. The, like, he spun the, the guy stone, who, so the handle on the top no, no, of no, no, it was no. His body. He did oh. like a little twist after he released it. And, John and Schuster, then, the American? No, 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 or no, no, no. The, the Swedish guy. Oh, okay. And then he conceded after that because they knew they weren't going to win. And so I just thought that was really entertaining. Pretty I, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a classy move, but I, I thought it was. He was giving the fans something, and then he shook 
the guy's hands, and they seemed to be... Well, the when we were watching it, they reported that the... Uh, one of the Americans invited one of the players from Sweden to his wedding. They actually have oh really? They actually have a very close relationship with one another because the curling community, even internationally, is pretty small, especially <laughs> at that, that level. It seems like I heard because during the snowboarding event is what I watched a lot. They talked about those guys, even if they're from a lot of different countries, they all go to the same competitions. You got the X Games right. and all that stuff, so they're all really all good friends. Sponsored just by the United States. Yeah. <laughs> They all just they they're literally always competing against each other. So, you and I think that's similar them. with this. Yeah, and it's but it's probably even more tight knit because you don't have too. you don't have the curling in the X Games or anywhere no, else. No. I don't think it's ever broadcast that I know of on television, other than when it's uh, during the Olympics. Right, and it, it's it's funny because both the men's and the women's team were mostly made up of or entirely made up of people from Minnesota and Wisconsin. And then one other state. And they all came from, like, the same curling club. Right. They were all... Again, it's... I don't know of any... I don't... I have... Again, I haven't lived in that many places, but we certainly had... You know, ice rinks are more... You know, they're... they're, they're you don't have them everywhere in the United States, but they're more common than... than yeah, curling. curling. Yeah. Uh, which I've not, never seen... I never saw it when I was in Illinois, and I don't think we ever saw one in Arizona. I've never seen them anywhere else other than in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Well, that's about all we have for the Olympics. They're over, and congrats to all the Americans who won medals. But I just wanted to do a shout-out for Charles Tillman because he's a bear. And I know we talked about this before, that he was uh, uh, pursuing a career with the FBI, and uh, apparently he made it. Um, the, they called to like confirm and the FBI was like, well, we can't really comment on personnel decision or, you know, stuff. So there, we got a question from, uh, your uncle, my brother-in-law about how he could actually have become a, an FBI agent, because I guess the cutoff for age is 37, which he is now. So maybe because sure. he started before, because yeah, he's been we, in the process for a while. I'm not sure how they how they determine that, but is it you have to become one by that age, or you get forcibly retired at that age? Not forcibly retired, because obviously he's a new agent, and I've known other That's people a, who've yeah. been past that age who've been agents. Uh, oh, you know so, some FBI agents. I know. I knew one. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Why Why did you know FBI? He agent? attended the. Actually, I probably knew his son and his daughter better. They were in the youth group. When I attended Evangel Church in in Illinois, gotcha. His, okay, their, I, I was just making dad. sure it wasn't like you know you're getting questioned by him for I don't know. No, no, no. Yeah, not that. that doing did not doing happen. stuff with checks, you know, right? Like Tom Hanks. No, kinda. not at all. <laughs> or not Tom Hanks. Well, Tom Hanks was the FBI agent. Leonardo DiCaprio. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but kudos to him. That was really cool to see that he completed his goal, his dream after football. But Talking about football, I didn't know this, and it's actually all sports with uniform names, is the first team to put names on uniforms was the White Sox. Right. I, I, didn't, I learned that uh, this past week as well. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that. And so I was just looking through all this weird stuff with jerseys in the past, guys doing nicknames and whatnot. And I didn't know in football, they didn't let you do suffixes like junior, senior, the third, uh, anything like that until like three years ago. Yeah, like that, RG3 was very, the first one to do it. Very recent, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I thought 
maybe there just wasn't a lot of junior seniors. And so I thought that was really interesting. And then the, the thing that I thought was the most hilarious, and I've noticed it before, but the baseball player, Salta Lamakia, that's his last name. Right. And he wears it on the, he's a catcher and he's played for a ton of teams. And I think they, they have like, he's played for 12 teams or something like that. And so his name is 14 letters and it doesn't fit on any of these jerseys. It literally is almost a circle on some of them because of the type font they use, like the, the blue Jays, it almost goes completely around his number. And I thought that was hilarious because that's just an insane. And, and I, yeah, again, I've seen his Jersey as well. And it, it always, it does. It, yeah, it just very unusual. I think at some point, if they ever get someone from Thailand or one of those, um, Eastern nations. Cause I played tennis with a, uh, classmate who had like 26 letters or even like a hyphenated last name those can get really long sometimes because the one guy that that are my cousin Clooney's Ross but that's not going to be totally not probably not even as long as Saltamalakia 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 say that three times no you're still not saying it right though Saltamalakia oh (laughs) Saltamalakia but the whole reason I got interested in it was because there is a guy in the NFL. He's a, a offensive lineman for the the Chiefs, and I think his last name is Duvernay Tardif. So he already has a, a hyphenated last name, but he's becoming a uh, meta, medical doctor, and so he wants to put MD on the back of his jersey. And so the the NFL is considering it. They haven't approved it yet, but that's kind of what sparked my interest in all this. I think at some point they'll have to come up with I, – I know they already have it, – it sounds like they're considering it, but I think they'll have to become more refined because you could get all kinds of, you know, requests for uh, things at the end of the last names that would just, right. you know, become absurd at a certain point. Exactly. And, and I mean, the NFL is already one of the most strict, like – Uniform yeah, leagues. Yeah, so right. we'll see. I don't – I I don't know. It would be cool to see it on there, but, yeah, I wouldn't – want like it to open up a can of worms for a bunch of other people to you know get the weird stuff on their jersey the one i'm confused about so yao ming right yes what's his first name yao his first name y-a-o and so because and he's chinese correct and then you have ichiro right japanese right and his first name is ichiro yes and it was always on the back of his jersey uh because his last name's Suzuki, but he'd always wear Ichiro on the back of his jersey. Hmm. And I, I thought, look anything up on that? I don't know because tell. they, they uh, apparently when he played in Japan, there was two Suzukis, so he just wore Ichiro on the back of his jersey. And he asked, and they said, "Sure, wear Ichiro." And that's where I was always confused because I thought it was like the thing where the the first name last name is like switched in like Asian or Chinese Japanese culture. Isn't that a thing? You've never heard of that? Mm, it. No, no, I've not. I know that in some, some Indian because Yao um, Ming isn't his. Is, he actually goes by like Ming Yao or something. I couldn't tell you that. I've never heard that. I think uh, <laughs> I only remember him doing the commercial with Yogi Berra, and he, you know, he goes into the store and for I think it was for Visa or something, and and the person at the register says Yo, and he's like. Yow. <laughs> and then you, she says, yo. He says, yow. And they keep going back and forth. So that would apply to his first name because then they end with Yogi Berra walking in. And she goes, yo. And he goes, yogi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
But I, I so was, I would think his first name is Yao. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know where I'm getting that then. I guess I've been confused about that forever. But I just thought there was a lot of interesting Jersey things, and the the most the most funny to me was the Saltalamachia. It's 14 letters, and they're big letters too. None of them are because we were talking about how I was like Isringhausen. His is 12, but you mentioned well, it's got some eyes in there, so it makes it right. a little bit shorter. And Saltalamachia only has one eye, but it's also two letters longer. Anyways, continuing to talk about football, did you see Jerry Jones is getting sued? Uh, I don't know. Is he getting sued or they're just going to? They want him to pay all the lawyer's fees from the other owners are doing this Right. I don't think they're suing. I think they are simply imposing the fine on him. I don't. Oh, really? I think it would be legal, you know, that he has to reimburse some legal fees. I don't know that they have, uh, I don't know that he has. In any, I don't know if they've officially done it or that he's questioned it. Uh, so it, you know, it's been something that they've, the reimbursement action was generated by the owners and it's been approved by their finance committee. So I think it's just a league action, and only if he has some question about it, they might have some uh, appeal process built into their rules where he can appeal it. But otherwise, he would just pay it. I don't know that he would go as far as to litigate it because that would end up with more fees for both of them. True. But I just thought it was funny because he spent all that time and money trying to fighting about Roger Goodell's contract and it's an fighting. It's costing him a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, he's, he's a billionaire anyway, so, I mean, I'd hate to lose $2.2 million no matter how much money I had. But it just it seems really weird because he went through all that trouble, and then he didn't even bother with it at the end. He just let him serve the six games, and now he's going to pay $2.2 million. I just thought it was it was kind of interesting how he's – it really backfired on him doing all that stuff. Yeah, you just waste of waste of time and money. Well, this one's kind of baseball and football. It's about Russell Wilson, and he's taken batting practice and played minor league baseball before, but he got traded to the Yankees, I guess. And it was like a legit trade. They sent Russell Wilson there, and the Yankees sent back like some late-round picks and a prospect or something. I'm like, really? For a guy that's not even going to... Ever play. Right. But, I mean, Tim Tebow got signed to a major league contract, so anything can happen. Major league contract? Well, I mean, he's in their system. Right. So he could play major league baseball. He could. And who, actually, who do you think the, has a better shot, actually, Russell the, Wilson or Tim Tebow? Uh, Tim Tebow, because I think at some point in the last couple of weeks, the general manager for the Mets has said that he believes that Russell Wilson will be in a major league game. So, oh, really? Yeah, he actually has said that. So A major league regular season game. Correct. He said, wow. I don't think he said regular season. He just said, I see him playing in the major leagues. Interesting. So I think he, I think that the Mets would make a lot of money off the deal. Wait, are you talking about Russell Wilson or Tim Tebow? Tim Tebow. Oh, you said Russell Wilson at one point. Oh, I apologize. No, <laughs> Tim Tebow. The general manager for the Mets said that Tim Tebow would okay. play in the major leagues at some point. Interesting. I had I I had missed that one. Yeah. I I I'm skeptical. <laughs> I well, when your general manager says it, you know, I think there's probably a higher. He's just trying to sell some jerseys. He needs to be people, a September people call forgot up. that Tim Tebow was playing September baseball. call up this September year and call up when they're yeah, like, and I think he, they will make money off the deal oh, just yeah. by putting him on the roster. So yeah. sell I, tickets and jerseys. Right. And uh well, who's the guy that that went Todd Frazier went to the Mets who oh, played for the Yankees, yeah. 
And remember the thumbs down guy from the Mets yeah, fan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just thought that was ironic. I can't remember if we talked about that or not. But it was it was funny because Russell Wilson took batting practice, didn't play any of like any like of the actual game. He took batting practice, fielded some stuff. But his group was pretty star studded. It was Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, him, and then Gary Sanchez. So keeping up with those I those think guys. You left out Greg Bird. Oh, Greg Bird as well. And uh, he, I can't remember, the, I'm forgetting the, the totals. Like in batting practice, Stanton hit like 19 home runs. 15. 15. Judge had 10. Judge. Bird had 8. And uh, Wilson got on the. Yeah, he wasn't he, last. He had 6 home runs. So and, he beat and out Sanchez. Sanchez had 5. Yeah. So really a big, big hitting crew there. And he hung with them. And it was, I, I watched some of it. He was really, he was clobbering the ball on his home runs. They were, they weren't just like barely clearing. He was hitting them a good 10, 12 hmm. feet over the wall. And then even the ones that he didn't hit over, didn't hit home runs on, he was still hitting them pretty hard. So it was, it was impressive to watch. And it, it's almost, it's, it's funny because he did it for his dad who died quite a few years ago. I think like 2010. Eight years eight years ago yeah. and his dad always wanted him to be a Yankee. So hopefully he doesn't go full Michael Jordan and abandon the sport he's good at and chase it. But and that would be fascinating. I think it would be tougher for him to do that because coming back, I think in football would be harder than coming back in basketball with, for Jordan. Oh, in terms of coming, well, and coming I think back to the sport after Russell Wilson's a, a good player, but I think Michael Jordan's a better player in terms of in their respective sports. Yeah, I mean, you know, Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time, at, arguably. You're right. And Russell Wilson's probably not even the best quarterback in the league right now. Correct. So, you think it'd be harder to come back because why? Uh, <clears throat> I think that uh, football's a less forgiving sport. I think the longer you're away, I think that you know, that age, age catches up with you quicker in that than it does in basketball. I think, the, obviously, the one that uh, of the sports that are really played, I think baseball is the, the most forgiving. You can play that the longest. Yeah, yeah, baseball. Hockey, you can play for a pretty long time, too. Race, race cars. Race car drivers. <laughs> NASCAR. <laughs> is that a sport, though? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you, you were talking about basketball. Golf. Golf. Yeah, but well, yeah. But they, they recently have not seen a lot of guys no, in these older ages do that well. I think, and we haven't talked about this, but I think it's a couple of factors. I think one is the money that's in golf now. It attracts people to pursue it because the, the money that you can make in golf is crazy high nowadays. Right. And then, yeah, I think just you're seeing more athletes move that way. It's it's not really perceived as just a hobby or an old guy's game. You're seeing, like, these guys like Dustin Johnson and uh, who's the other guy? I'm for, I always forget his name. He's, like, Australian or something. I can't they're they're all huge. They're big guys. Even, like, Jordan right. Spieth, really big. I mean, I think it started with Tiger Woods. He went back when 20 years ago. He was a big guy when he, he you know, lifting weights. Yeah. So they're not just, you know, these guys that are dinking the ball around anymore. But it just surprises me, I think, in, you know, 20 years ago that guys who were older could still be competitive. You know, you saw Tom Watson and, and Jack Nicholas win some majors in their 40s. Mm-hmm. And even uh, Tom Watson was, well, this is not that far along, far ago. He was competitive at the British Open past, like, at age 50. It was like, so it was, uh, but recently you haven't seen that as much. Mm. So Bubba Watson, sure that's another guy I'm thinking. He's a big dude. Is he? Yeah, he's, he's <clears throat> you know, like, they're not, 
they're not huge like football players sure but they they almost look like some baseball players yeah that so they're they're turning into actual athletes not that golfers of years past weren't athletes but yeah. more traditionally they look lee trevino craig stadler take a look at those uh google images they would not come across as <laughs> who's as, the guy that oh man the he won like a, a one major john daly john daly <laughs> <laughs> with his his pants, you know, his funny pants. Yeah, <laughs> well, and he, you know, he's a guy who'd be smoking cigarettes oh, on the really? course. Oh, yeah. He'd oh, be my sm- goodness. Smoking on the course while Jeez. he's playing. But a lot of people don't realize how many athletes actually are or were smokers when they, when they played. Uh, even people from Minnesota would recognize the name Dino Cicerelli, and I think he was a smoker. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Savard, I think, was a smoker. Was he? Hockey players, yeah. There's a guy, I think his um, name's... Vladi Divac, played with the Lakers a long time, was a smoker, you know. He was a, a hockey player, a goaltender, actually. I think his name was Bellevue, Gene Bellevue. He would talk like, I think he played for the Canadians. He'd be like, all right, smoke break for in-between periods. <laughs> <laughs> and it just apparently seems so he actually contrary did. to what you would think. Right. Even, you know, 30 years ago, but yeah. So we've we've come a long way in terms of guys monitoring their health. There's so much money in the game. You can't be doing stuff that's going to jeopardize it. But anyways, uh, let's let's switch to basketball, not just the NBA. This was, I thought, really touching was there is a Iowa Hawkeyes player. His name's Jordan Bohannon. And he had uh, he had made 34 straight free throw attempts and he was on the line to take his 35th attempt and he missed it on purpose because there was a player years ago i think in the 80s name was chris street he had made 34 straight free throws and he had his streak was going and everything and then he was killed in a car accident before he could extend it so i thought it was really touching that he uh this kid jordan bohannon purposely missed it and just left it at a tie and so it it was really cool he talked to chris street's parents after the game and um, he so, actually, they, so his parents were at the game, or he Chris gave him a Street's call? parents were That's at the game. Saying. Yeah, yeah. He went over there and was talking to him. But it was in, it would be it was interesting because he actually came pretty close to making it. I thought he didn't like airball it or shoot oh. it way off to the side. He donked it off the front of the rim, and I'm like, oh, it was a little risky, you know, leave it long on accident and make it. So it seemed like, uh, but maybe he had it all under control. I just thought it was interesting too, because he missed it at like the second quarter of a closer game with Northwestern. So it was a, it was a really classy move, I think, because hmm. it wasn't like he missed it in garbage time or they were getting destroyed. He missed it when it could have been a potentially pretty important free throw. Sure. So I thought it was, it was a really cool move, but you, you hadn't heard of this guy, this Chris no, Street guy? No, I had not. I had not heard of this until you, you put it in the podcast. Gotcha. Okay. But a not so classy move on the flip side of the coin, which I thought was hilarious. I'm totally fine with him doing it, but James Harden had just an, a nasty crossover on Wesley Johnson. Yes. And Johnson just he broke his ankles. He's sitting on the floor, and James Harden is out at the three-point line, and he just stands there. Doesn't He's not moving. He's not dribbling. Right. And he just stands there until uh, a guy came to help, and Wesley or Johnson finally got up, and then he just sank a three right in their faces. <laughs> so I thought it was hilarious. And, you know, some people were talking about it was disrespectful and whatnot. It's like, well, don't don't fall down then. But <laughs> a friend of mine was showing me this this uh, Sports Center video, and apparently somebody went to his, 
his Wikipedia page and changed it so it lists, you know, his name, Wesley, middle name, Johnson, American basketball player. They changed it to Wesley No Ankles Johnson, <laughs> who plays for the Los Angeles Slippers. <laughs> <laughs> and then a bunch of other stuff about how he died on February 28th. <laughs> that was the day that he got his ankles broken and his mom disowned him posthumously. <laughs> so I just thought that was really, really funny. Uh, that somebody, you know, vandalized his Wikipedia page. <laughs> then, oh, he's going to go down. Well, you say go down in history, but we live in a short news cycle. Right. We won't remember him in two weeks. Because then they went on to show a bunch of other you know, disrespectful basketball moments. And there was, there was the three that I would have realized right off or, you know, thought of right off the bat was the Shaq dunk, uh, where he dunked on that guy and then like shoved him to the ground. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. I think his name was like Mike Dudley or something. Okay. Uh, then there was Jordan dunking on Mutombo. Oh man. Doing the finger wag at him. (laughs) And then the other one was Allen Iverson when he, uh, sank that three pointer and then like stepped over the oh it's he's the uh, Tyron Lou I'm pretty sure it was okay I think he did it to Tyron Lou right yeah yeah and so those are the three I thought there was a few other ones that were pretty good where like you remember when LeBron James dunked over Nate Robinson like jumped him uh, I don't that? it was don't when remember. Nate Robinson was a bull I don't remember it but I I my, this was I my thought I'm like well he actually got the last laugh because Nate Robinson blocked LeBron a couple of times. Do you remember those? Uh, yeah, I do remember down one blocks. of them. I, was I like, do remember one of them where he, yeah. So, anyways, we got we got to defend the Bulls players. So, but I just thought it was really funny with all these uh, <laughs> classic disrespectful moves <laughs> that they they showed um, in the in the NBA, and it was pretty hilarious. That I, guy, it's fascinating. I think the game is so fast, and you can lose your balance so quickly that, and those guys are playing so well that. I mean, you can be anyone and actually have it happen to you. Right, especially with the fact that, like, with the sweat and stuff, you know, you just step on, like, a little bit of a sweaty spot. But it it looked like James Harden just fooled the crap out of him. Did you Did you watch the the clip? And (laughs) it was so funny how he just stood there, literally just stood there, didn't move at all. Yeah, he – I don't know what happened with him because he doesn't – he just totally – he just – he kind of gave him a little shove. He lost his balance and he – fell down mm-hmm. and Harden's like yeah but it wasn't much of a shove no you get a no fall, it wasn't enough fall. to knock a guy but I over. think it he he was off balance and it just took his balance completely off put him on the floor well we'll end on this we had a, an interesting NHL rule that I saw because I guess some refs were a little bit late getting to the rink recently of an NHL game hmm. and they were talking about you know what would happen if some of the officials were stuck in the snow, like a snowstorm, or were sick. And I guess this has happened before in like the 1980s. But the rule is the NHL rule 31.11 basically says if the officials can't make it to the game, the you can pick anybody. Typically, it's a, a player or a coach will suit up and go out there and referee the game. One so they got to put on the stripes? I think they... Right, they would have to, because otherwise you'd think it was a player right, at the line. Right, they have to... Uh, in the example, the time that it actually happened in the 80s, they didn't have an extra uniform, like an NHL uniform, so they just wore like a practice jersey or something. Oh, my goodness. And uh, But it, it, it is funny, because if they can't agree on a 
a player or a coach or they don't want to use it, they literally could use a fan. They could pick a fan from, it can be anybody the way the the rule is stated, as long as the teams agree on who it is. (laughs) And so what would you do if you got picked? Oh, I would totally ref the game. Do you think you could? Did you know, know the where to stand and all the rules? Well I enough? could be a linesman. I would. Okay. I, it would be tough for me to be because there's there's two linesmen, right? And then the two like official, the two referees. They have the orange, and they they have they, two referees. They have four. Yep, four they guys have four. On they the have ice. two linesmen, one for each blue line and icing calls, and then two uh, guys with the orange, and they hmm. make the penalty calls and stuff like that. Okay. And so the I couldn't do that. I don't know yeah. the. I mean, I, I probably could, but if something weird happened, I would have no idea. But linesman is a little bit easier because you're basically just calling offsides and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, it, it does suck because they're the guys who have to break up fights. <laughs> so if there was a fight. <laughs> the referee is the referee's like, not ah. including his <laughs> no, duties. He, that's the linesman's job. That's <laughs> those little peons have to go get punched in the face uh, it, potentially. But it it. So it came up this year? Is that why you Yeah, it, I guess some refs were late because I don't know if it was because of Did snow they or traffic. A no, no, no. They oh. were just late getting there Okay. recently. They weren't. Um, they had to be they, really late because I'm guessing they have to be there about the same time as the players. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know the protocol with that, but enough to be worrisome. And I think it was more just because of the fact of the traffic patterns at that time. And so, but in the 80s, the it was funny because the they picked a player from each team and the the one guy was actually really serious about it and like tossed a guy out of the face off and <laughs> was like calling penalties on his own team or something but oh, the, it says that once the actual refs get there you have to give up your power so it's a good thing they included that because back in the 80s they got there after the first period was over so they had the actual crew for the last two periods so the but, team must have known that this guy would have been a decent ref and picked because they, cause they, <laughs> they both agreed on it. And, well, and they, yeah, they, they picked him because he was a scratch player. I mean, at that point, it's like, what do you do? Because they, they each get to supply one. It wasn't like there was only one official that was missing. Sure. And so it's like, well, we both get to pick one. So <laughs> why not? But I, I just thought that was a really, and it's still on the books. But, oh, I guess. The, yeah, because no other sport, I mean, certainly football, uh, wouldn't do it because they had all the issues that they had with their <laughs> yeah. replacement refs a few years back, right? Which you know became a you know teams were up in arms. You had reversed calls and teams you like had the, the Packers the, uh, complaining that they might the have lost a game interception yeah, or something. Exactly. Where the yeah, where the one guy's calling an inner incomplete and the other guy's calling it a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. The Seahawks Packers, right? Correct. That's what it was, so. Yeah. Uh, it says that they can try and find replacement refs before that. So I guess maybe if there's a random referee around or already at the game. Yeah. But it's a very interesting rule. I thought I'm like, it'd be great for, they should test it out for like the AHL minor league hockey or even the ECHL, the, the, the lowest level of minor league hockey doing it as a fan giveaway, you know, Oh, that would be a cool <laughs> so, idea. You know, you go and you cut the brake lines of the actual refs so that they can't get to the game. <laughs> No, but yeah, it would be a fascin- It would be a fascinating draw to do it for you know, do it for a period or something. You know, just a, in a game that it would have to be probably something like a spring training or inter squad scrimmage. I doubt that they let them do it for like a real game. Well, I think if they found someone who had some experience refing, obviously I wouldn't want just random Joe fan out there. <laughs> Can't even skate. <laughs> me shuffling around. But I, I, I just I found it as a really interesting rule, and I couldn't think of. I mean, yeah, you certainly wouldn't have 
in in Major League Baseball, an umpire out there that doesn't know what they're doing, or basketball, you might be able to get away with it. It'd be interesting how they'd call the game in terms of fouls and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you had a player from the end of the bench, call, mm-hmm. you know, calling it, I think you could do same thing in baseball. It'd just be really fascinating to see it happen. They for this like for the strike zones and whatnot. Uh, yeah, because then it's like whoever gets the the actual umpire is gonna have a really big advantage. Uh, that's a true. The strike zone will be true. a lot lot smaller for his team and a lot bigger for the other team. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they would work that out. Yeah, you couldn't play, but yeah, I I guess you find out, right? Uh, yeah. Or they could take turns. They'd have one for each side, right? <laughs> they, All right, you, you take the first you, batter. I take the second. No, no. I mean, you you call the. You know, you call your pitcher, we call your pitcher, you know, one, one way or the other, right? You either call your pitcher or the opposing pitcher so that you're getting the same sort of treatment both ways. The same sort of <laughs> bias treatment. Exactly. <laughs> it would probably be a shutout. They just have this huge strike zone or, yeah, if they're calling or, their own And then pitcher. vice versa. Or else it would be just a blowout because the... Everything's a walk. <laughs> yeah. But... That's uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? I think I have we got nothing it. else to add. All right, you want to sign us off? Yeah, have a great day. We'll talk to you later.